You're listening to Irish Radio Canada's Home Abroad, and we've been hearing about the Bloomsday festivities that are happening from Dublin to Montreal, Ottawa now, and then we'll be hearing about Toronto. And in Ottawa this year, Mary Walsh is coming to us from Newfoundland. She's coming in from St. John's to share uh, her wealth of experience and knowledge. And while everyone may be familiar with Mary from CBC, this hour is 22 minutes and some of her other comedic work. Mary is also a novelist. And she also hosted a program which uh, was Mary Walsh Open Book on CBC. And one of the books that she had in her list that she reviewed was The Dubliner. So Mary is not unfamiliar with James Joyce and she's coming in to share uh, some of that with us in the Bloomsday festivities. Mary, uh, very, very welcome. Oh, thank you. And, um, you know, in, in 1982, uh, Andy Jones and I uh, decided to celebrate uh, Joyce's birthday uh, by doing uh, Bloomsday <clears throat> at the hall, at the LSBU Hall in St. John's. So we did, um, I did the, the fire and brimstone speech from uh, Portrait of the Artist. I did, um, Molly Bloom was the second act. And um, the uh, and also in the first act also, I did the two washerwomen from, um, oh, you know, uh, the other one, the impossible one. Uh, but the washerwomen made sense to me. But uh, we read it in rehearsal and uh, so difficult, hey, but so wonderful. Every time you cracked a little uh, another, uh, you know, bit, bit of the puzzle, it just was uh, such an exciting and uh and I remember reading uh, his biography by that great, uh, that great biographer, Elman. Uh, and, uh, um, oh, just, it was so exciting. I, I, it was a very exciting time for me, but, um, I found the, the hell, the hellfire and brimstone priest the most difficult. I found, I guess 1982, I would have been 30 at that time. So perfect Molly age, you know. And, uh, yeah, that was, uh, it was a, a wonderful, wonderful experience. Yeah. So, Mary, did you have any difficulty identifying with Molly Bloom? None, none whatsoever. <laughs> uh, you know, um, yeah, no, uh, I had no, no uh, difficulty identifying with her at all. And of course, you know, in the way that uh, Joyce doesn't use any punctuation in the, uh, in Molly Bloom's soliloquy, that is the way my mind works for sure. And actually, when I write a script myself, I try to leave out the punctuation because I find the periods and the commas and even the semicolons, they, they, they make me, they're like, um, I guess I'm a bit of a rebel without a clue, but I don't want to be told to stop at the end of that sentence. I want, you know, it to flow through the way I want it to. So I found that, and of course he did it, possibly because Nora in her letters never used any punctuation. But I also feel that um, that is the way our brain works without punctuation, right? Yeah, it's interesting you say that because what I would read from that as well is that each individual is going to punctuate at their own pace. So yes. in a way, you're actually giving the freedom to the interpreter to interpret. Yes, exactly, exactly, yeah, yeah. One of the other things no I want, stop signs. before I go back to Joyce, one of the things I noticed, one of the first books that you, when you were doing your open book, you as honed in on Edna O'Brien, The Country Girls, first off. Oh, God. I remember reading those as a very young woman. I think I was out of high school. Maybe I was about 17 or 18. I loved those books so much. And then I continued to adore Edna O'Brien. Everything she's written, I've read. 
But the country girls, uh, it, it was sort of like Antonia White had written Snow in May about her, uh, her Antonia White was a Protestant, but she'd been sent to the nuns. And so mostly those books were about that. And I could, like, uh, you know, Edna O'Brien's experience of growing up in rural Ireland seems so very close to my own experience, uh, my own Catholic girlhood with the nuns and the priests. And, oh, my God, the Irish Christian brothers. But, of course, thanks be to God, the Irish Christian brothers really had nothing to do with us. The poor boys were left uh, to suffer at their hands. But, yes, and it was such an extraordinary thing running across in a portrait of the artist when he talks about how Stephen's father had they couldn't pay for the Jesuits and he had to go across the bridge to the Christian brothers and the big red face and the red hands and the, you know, and uh, exactly, you know, we we ended up having one school here, Gonzaga, that was the Jesuits. And uh, it was a much, much less brutal experience for the I think though there there was always a brutality but it was much more psychologically psychological the Jesuits were interested in taking the boys apart and putting them back together again as good Jesuit gentlemen and leaving out always some you know very necessary part as is often the case when you take anything apart <laughs> so um when it comes to Joyce and how did you fall in love with him, or how did you come to embrace him? Well, I think, uh, really, it's not. It, it was Andy, I think. Uh, Andy had fallen in love with Elman's biography of Joyce, and then that was, the, that was his path to Joyce. And so before we got together to do that, I'd read Elman's biography, too, and I was so taken with uh, so many aspects of it, you know, and... Uh, and then, and then, of course, the Dubliners, you know, that, that uh, snow was general all over Ireland, falling on the living and the dead. When, and it's like magical words. It was that piece at the end of the uh, of the dead is like music. You know how sometimes music will just make you cry, not for any thing you remember or for any actual thing that happened to you, but just in the very way it is put together. And that's what happens to me all the time when I read that Snow was General all over Ireland. It's just a, it's such, such a glorious and magical piece of writing that can bring so forth so much emotion. And it's not like I'm remembering anything about it or anything. It just is, yeah, some piece of magic. It's interesting. I mentioned this to uh, Kathleen Fee in, in Montreal and also um, I had a chat earlier on the show with David Keenan, who was commissioned. He's done a, a movie, Joyce's uh, Dublin, for the film festival. And David yeah. said he commented about how Joyce's language was three dimensional. Yes, 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 absolutely. Um, just, a, 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 you know, a, a wizard, yes. a wizard of words. And and. um you know, um, I was reading about Irish women writers and that Irish male writers, oh, this was just somebody's thoughts in The Guardian or something, that Irish male writers are often the shadow of Joyce is, is oppressive. But with Irish women writers, where Joyce wrote so emotionally and with such honesty and such openness uh, that that he gave Irish women, uh, 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 he opened a door for the, for you know, for Irish women. So I, I, I thought that was wonderful. Yeah. 
Well, Mary, um, I want to remind everybody of the time and the date because you will be with us here in Ottawa, and I'm looking forward to that. Uh, you are at St. Bridget's Centre for the Arts, and that is uh, on Friday the 16th of June, Bloomsday. Showtime is 7 p.m. The doors open at 6 p.m. And it is hosted by the James Joyce Association of Ottawa. And uh, based on our conversation now, Mary, um, you are definitely uh, the appropriate lady to be representing, <laughs> representing Molly Bloom. Thank you so much oh. for your time. Thank you. Thank you. It was a, it was a delight. Thank you so much.